When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jaybird Watching again with me, as always, on the Wednesday wall, Brendan Panikar. How's it going, my friend? I'm good, Craig. You know what? It's uh, I'm, for some reason, more excited to do this episode because it was only a week since our last one, so that bodes well for the future of this episode once we, uh, or this series, once we get to weekly during the regular season. Yeah, it's only going to get easier, my friend, as we, uh, you know, try to hit our own cycle going here right off the bat, right? <laughs> Oh, no doubt. Every Wednesday, got something to look forward to. Yep. And our cheeky shenanigans aside, we're going to have plenty of Blue Jays baseball news. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have a ton of news to talk about right now, but we're going to dive back into our top prospects list, and then we're going to go with our wonderful, weird uh, spring training predictions as, you know, basically the time you all get this, spring training started, pitchers and catchers start. So it's going to be good fun. So anyways. Um, yeah. We're, we're at number 20 on the countdown already, so two episodes in, Brendan. Logan Warmoth, my friend. Yeah. Another infielder. What a surprise. <laughs> Shocking, right? But um, the last <laughs> year's draft pick, actually, as far as first rounds go, number 22nd overall. And, yeah, it's and actually, sorry, it was 2017 he was drafted. I just think it was last year for some reason. Um Still early in 2019. That's a, that's a, that's an excusable error. <laughs> yeah, well, we're just just squeaking in. <laughs> but um, I actually he was called up like a two days after I was doing my trip to Bluefield. <laughs> so I just missed on seeing Logan Warmoth this yeah. year. Yeah, so they're pretty high on him though, eh? They uh, the front office does like Logan Warmoth. He always seems to get brought up whenever Atkins and Shapiro seems to talk about the state of. Uh, uh, of the of the farm system, although now it seems that Kevin Smith is their crush, but for a while they always found a way to bring up Logan Warmoth. Yeah, and I think that's rightfully so. He's got a lot of good tools. It's just going to be one of those things like all the other guys. It's just going to be where he ends up landing, and how the rest of his stuff is going to develop. But he, you know, had some decent gap power that I was actually pretty impressed with with the video that I, you know, I've seen on him. Our, our friends at Prospects Live are pretty high on him. Um, as far as it goes, and I just think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be in the mix, just like Kevin Smith and everybody we were just alluding to. Obviously a little further off than maybe some of those guys being in his second professional year last season. So, coming. Yeah, I mean, he's 23, so he's still somewhat on the youngest side, but he probably, my guess would be he can get up to New Hampshire quite easily early on this year, and and once some of the guys in Buffalo start getting called up, perhaps Warmoth could make it to uh, the, the Bisons by the end of the year. But uh, I think it's a pretty safe bet that Warmoth will be a mainstay for a lot of the year with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is going to end up where the other counterpart that we were just talking there, Kevin Smith, is going to end up landing as he was the Lansing uh, Dunedin guy last season. So at the end of the season, Jordan, or, um, Logan Warmoth coming into Dunedin and kind of grabbing that role a little bit but 
didn't really wow like he had done the previous year at the rookie levels and stuff like that. So enough going that he's still very, very intriguing. Great defense, yeah. too. But oh, yeah. it's going to be one of those guys. His arm, uh, it's 60 out of 60 on the uh, on the grading scale, according to Fangraph. So he does have quite a good arm in the field. And his fielding is 40 out of 45. So you at least know you're going to get some pretty good defense from him. Yeah, and, um, and he was playing both keystone positions last year. Not as many at second base, but it's nice to know that you have that flexibility with all these youngsters, period. <laughs> so it's good to see him trying both sides of the uh, keystone there. Yeah, this front office loves its versatility, and rightfully so. they got to start uh, finding ways to get all these infield prospects in the lineup uh, when they get to each level and eventually the major leagues if they uh, all get there. Yeah, we might get to some more of those weird, wacky uh, position moves as we get to our predictions later in the show here. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, so Logan Warmoth coming in at number 20 to kick off that part of our countdown. Next, we have a guy that actually got all the way to the Toronto Blue Jays last year and um, actually did pretty good during his debut in Thomas Pannone. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Panone definitely doesn't wow you by any means, but he does have a way to get guys out somewhat effectively. You know, honestly, Craig, I think you agree with this. He doesn't strike me as much more of a, a number five in rotation, maybe a swingman out of the bullpen, but, uh, I mean, half of his appearances were starts, so I fully expect Panone to be in the exact same role uh, that he was last year once, uh, once he gets up here for the first time this year, because I definitely don't think he breaks with camp and his, his stuff doesn't lie he's a soft tosser it was like 88.4 was the average pass ball velocity for him and he only has three pitches in his arsenal so yeah he's fine he's, he, he can be fine in the bullpen and he can spot start if need be yeah it's one of those guys that's just intriguing enough and if he did figure out that fourth pitch Brennan and he might have really something going on but this is a guy that up until this last season and he probably would have broke over this if he didn't have that suspension to kick the year off um, he was over 116 innings in three seasons. So this is a guy yeah. that is easily intriguing at you know a starting pitching role. And I think the fact that he, even though he even though he's a soft tosser a little bit, um, him being left-handed is the other side of that coin. It's at that weird deception coming from the other side. So it's been, it, he could be end up with a guy like you know I'd say Mark Brewerly is obviously a ceiling, but. <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to quite get to that level. Um, I still see, like you said, about five, a fifth starter, maybe a fourth, depending on if that fourth pitch really does turn around and develop anything. But either way, it's another great arm to have in the system. And in all reality, we kind of got him for free. Gave up Joe Smith. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I really like that trade still to this day because the front office is also pretty high on a guy who's way down in the minors, Samad Taylor who they got in that trade, and then I've followed Taylor since he got here. He's been pretty decent uh, as a prospect. So uh, to get to gamble on J.P. Howell and Joe Smith in the same offseason, one failed miserably, one was unreal, and get a return. Uh, like Pannone and Samad Taylor, you can't complain about that. So that's why I still think something will be up their sleeves for the start of spring training, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, and then a handful of starts at the major league level last year. He manages to squeak out four wins. I know we're not in a, yeah. in a generation that terribly cares about win columns as much anymore with how much the metrics have really taken over, but that says something for a team, I think, that wasn't really finding a way to win in the time where he was pitching. Because the other funny thing is, on the flip side of that coin, you have Ryan Brucky, who's phenomenal, who I think split all his starts. <laughs> so... It's yeah, I mean, in 43 innings, I don't, I don't mind a 4.19 ERA. I'll take that from a guy who'd be the back end of the rotation starter, even if his uh, FIP and, and uh, uh, XFIP are higher than his ERA, which doesn't bode well for future performance. At least the, that's the indicator that wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't bode well for future performance. But regardless, I'll take that from my fifth starter any day of the week. So he could definitely be a candidate for the fifth spot. Yeah, and then as far as we were talking about, if he does figure out that fourth pitch and finds a way to miss some more bats, those numbers come down to a more reasonable. But like like we were saying, that 4.19 ERA sounds about normal for me. Marry him at the major league level. I don't see it going too well, much higher than that. But there are, in all reality, he had one really bad start, if I recall. 
that really inflated yeah, that he, number. He got knocked around quite a bit. I can't remember which one it was, but he also had a few really good starts, including his debut. Correct. You know what? I want to say it was the Talk Yankees that really slammed him around, just like the yeah, uh, one yeah, outing yeah. with Reed Foley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the Yankees and the Red Sox, more so the Yankees, hit each of Baruchy, Reed Foley, and Panone hard at least once last year. Um, so that is the Yankees. So you forgive me. Well, one thing I was going to say is if you uh, follow ERA quite, or are big into ERA and you vet as a performance indicator and judge pitchers off of that, keep in mind for everybody listening that if you were a pitcher that went six innings and gave up three runs every single time, your ERA for the year would be 450. So his was 4.19. So not so bad. That's all right. Yep. And then thank you for summing summing that up, Brendan. It was pretty good there. Because you and I have that one little difference where you tend to lead a little more sabermetric where I'm a little more old school. <laughs> yeah. I try to mix both because it's important to have a mix of both. I agree. Uh, we, yeah, it, it definitely is. But uh, no, sometimes I, I just like keeping it simple. Yep. There you go. And it is nice to break things down to numbers, especially for prospects. So it's a good deal. But anyway, moving right along, coming in at number 18, we got a guy that's going to start the season off on a suspension list in Griffin Conine. Uh, sounded like the uh, typical, I didn't know what I was taking, medicine type thing going on a little bit. But as far as it goes, this is a kid that's got plenty of pop. And as a guy that's just old enough, I loved watching his father. <laughs> yeah, his father was a pleasure to watch. Really good contact hitter, but... No, he's got a ton of pop. His raw power, grade 60 out of 65, so you know that there's a lot of home run potential in there and a lot of extra base potential. He strikes out a lot, typical for a strikeout hitter, or for, sorry, for a home run hitter, but uh, yeah, no, it sucks that he's suspended because he could have risen somewhat quickly this year as well. Yeah, he was tagged as one of my guys that was going to quickly rise from Lansing to Dunedin easily this year as far as everything goes, and depending on performance that's not out of the realm of possibility but he's got to you know really crush the ball <laughs> this year with uh missing 50 games i believe was the first level of, of any suspension in baseball now for the peds yeah 50 or 80 uh it's one of those two i think it's i think griffin code and i got suspended for 50 but it could could be wrong on that i want to say it was 50 too and, uh, and unfortunately it's not blatantly obvious here in the news feed so um but yeah he had seven home runs in vancouver and pretty much helped that team out offensively with 30 rbis yeah like you said the strikeouts are a little high and the batting average wasn't exactly the best that you would think but it this is a guy that projects as like somebody like a carlos pena you know is gonna just hit the ball really hard and to all parts of the field yeah i'm down with that and he showed an ability to walk already too he got on base quite effectively through taking his uh, his four balls uh, in plate appearances. So if you have that already and start off with a good eye, then everything else will come with it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see when he gets back from the suspension, how long it'll take for him to ramp things back up. Yeah. Now, in the, regardless of the suspension and everything this year, he's 20. He's going to be 21 this season. <laughs> got plenty of time to watch that bat come along at this point, being a high school draft pick. Exactly. There's no reason to rush him at all. He's still quite young. And I take that back to was, he was drafted by the Marlins a couple of years ago and went to college instead. He was at Duke. So we got another Duke guy in the in the column here. <laughs> so, you know Strowman like that. Oh, yeah. Totally loving it. So another gentleman coming up on this list next, uh, Billy McKenney, also getting some time in, in uh, Toronto and is definitely – seated himself pretty well I think in that outfield uh, shuffle that they're going to have here as they just all beat the living hell out of each other to be able to get a spot <laughs> yeah he, he, he's, the, he's a starting left fielder no doubt in my mind I think everybody agrees with that maybe there's a, I think Billy McKinney might be out of options I can't remember somebody's got to correct me if I'm wrong on that but if he does have options maybe he starts in Buffalo to keep Dalton Pompey on the Major League roster, but uh, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, by far and away McKinney showed enough last year to be the starting left fielder to on opening day. Thirty-six games in the in a Toronto uniform, six home runs, thirteen RBIs, and this is one that I think I think was really impressive. Other than the fact that he's a left-handed bat, actually in our lineup, he had seven doubles too. Yeah, 
Oh, he's got a lot of extra base power. I, I don't know how many home runs he'll end up hitting uh, over the course of the full season, but the extra bases will be there. He clearly showed that last year, and I, uh, I love me a good double any day of the week. Uh, so if Billy McKinney can throw balls into the gap, uh, he will find himself uh, on base quite a bit. There have been plenty of Blue Jays players over the years that have made a living off of doing that and just pummeling the outfield walls and the gaps. And honestly, I, the first time I saw him in a Blue Jay uniform, and correct me if I'm wrong, did the swing not reminisce of John Olerud just a little bit? Just a, a little bit, yeah. I, I love I how he finishes. It just, looked, it just screamed Olerud to me. <laughs> Has that nice little turn with the arm up. <laughs> So it's good stuff, but as far as it goes, I think you're right as far as he's it's his job to maybe lose at this point, but there is some stiff competition as well. As, and it really, I think a lot of it's going to hinge on how Teoscar Hernandez's defense has uh, helped him out over the uh, the Mexican or the Dominican League he played in. I think the Mexican League, right? Yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, but this you is a guy that hit, peaked out at 16 home runs a couple of times in the minors. Yeah, no, I, yeah, he, he does have a little bit of pop in his bat. You know what I think, uh, uh, just looking at his stats, what Julio reminded me of when he got here, I think at his ceiling, he could be like a Reed Johnson, somebody who can hit in the high 270s, maybe get close to 290. Reed Johnson took his walks enough to have a decent OBP and shipped in with anywhere between, in his Blue Jay career, eight to, ten, or eight to 12 home runs in a season while providing some pretty good defense. So if Billy McKinney can be kind of like a Reed Johnson, then I'll take that any day of the week. I loved Reed Johnson. He was one of my favorite players when he was here. Yeah, him. he was one of those guys that was just an igniter at the top of the lineup, that spark plug. And not to mention, he was one of those guys that just grinded every stinking play out. <laughs> Didn't matter yeah. if it was a, like you said, a walk or just making sure he, even on foul balls, he was running full full speed even if they were going to be four or five rows deep in until he knew that he was full bore going after that ball so that's something that that's something, there's something to be said about being a grinder on a team and just going out there and doing everything so and I think that's where Billy McKenney's going to make his bucket at least this year yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if he opens the season at the lead up hitter or the number two as a table setter that would not surprise me at all yeah, if he gets a if he gets on base at a clip like he was getting on last season, that's perfectly fine by me. And not to mention, if you yeah. have somebody like him doing that righty lefty thing up at the top of the order, whether it's Devin Travis or Lars Gurriel or whoever, the other right-handed bat batting leadoff, it's a nice balance right at the top of the lineup, right? And it makes it hard for pitchers to you know or other opposing managers to be playing flip flop constantly yeah. until they get into the meat of the order, which is eventually going to be Smoke, Vlad, and company and Gritchick. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would not be surprised at all if, if he's the leadoff or the number two hitter to set the table for uh, the middle of the order of sm- just exactly what you just said of Smoke and Gritchick and, and, and all those guys. So, no, I like Dylan Kenny a lot, and I think he's going to be a nice little player for the Blue Jays for a little while. And if he does end up having a nice little year, then that will be nice to see at least somebody was able to contribute to the team that they got for Jay Hatt. Yeah, and it'll make us hap- extra happy instead of hapless, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so as far as all the good things go, um, how about we go to the next person? And uh, I'm going to let you take this one, see, and you were, you know, just writing an article for Jay's Journal that was released today on him. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very high on David Paulino, who comes in at, what, number 16 Correct. on our list? Um, yeah. No, David Paulino, got, they got him for, from the Houston Astros in the Roberto Osuna trade. And, and he is projected to have the best season in the Blue Jay bullpen, uh, and one that includes Ken Giles. Uh, so that should tell you something right there. You know, he's had a cup of coffee in the big leagues with both the Blue Jays and the Astros, uh, and, and it definitely seems like he's more uh, he fits better as a reliever. And he was quite good out of the Blue Jay bullpen last year. And he can throw uh, gas, and his slider is nearly unhittable. So. Yeah, I'm big on Paulino. I think he's got a good pitch mix, uh, puts lots of spin on the ball, gets a good amount of strikeouts. Uh, as long as he can just stay healthy, he's had a lot of injury issues throughout his entire minor league career. So if he puts it all together and stays healthy, I think he's going to be quite exciting. Yeah, 
He's got a live arm that's just going to, I think, carry really well when he can just go out there and air it out for an inning or two, right? And he does have that length that he could pitch a couple innings because he's been pretty much tailored as a, you know, he can start, but you haven't seen that in his minor league numbers yet. It's just, you know, he's been constantly shuffled around and had injuries and all kinds of good stuff throughout his minor league career, but it looks like he's healthy and ready to run with things. And this is a guy that you could have in the back of that bullpen and just blister people at the end. And I, I think it's, over time he's going to be in those high leverage situations, which is what you're seeing from the uh, wonderful projections here. What did the ERA yeah. in uh, his uh, – yeah, how many innings did they have him projected for on what the stats you're looking at? I got 44 here at the major league level on uh, baseball reference. Yeah, I used baseball prospectus, uh, their Pocota projections yep. yesterday. They had him at 60 innings. Uh, I believe it was a mid three ERA and a uh, 1.0 uh, warp, which is their war stat, which is yep. wins above uh, replacement player uh, at 1.0. And I believe Giles was at 0.6 or 0.8. So, yeah, they uh, they wow. took a nice little year from Dan Polina. And that's saying something, because if he's going to have that kind of a war, you would think he's going to be producing in those high-leverage situations. Does he steal a job from Ryan Tapera? <laughs> yeah. Think? Oh, I, I think? But, but I think by the end of the year, David Paulino, especially if Ken Giles ends up getting traded, which a lot of people think could happen, I wouldn't be surprised if Paulino gets off to a good start that David Paulino is closing games by the end of the year. Yeah, and like you said, it's the pure stuff. He's got it in spades. So... But yeah, so Brendan, I think that's unless you got something you want to add on Paulino, that's pretty much what we're wrapping for, you know, twenty to sixteen for our next five guys here on the prospects countdown. Yeah, all I'll say is is, is stay woke. I would be very surprised if he doesn't crack the bullpen to start the year because bullpen is rather thin. But also this is a year where they're going to give guys like Paulino uh, a shot at the major league level. Uh so I, I think he's gonna be really good. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching him and I'll be keeping my eye on him quite closely this year. Well, as pitchers and catchers for it, we are already reading more and more that Elvis Luciano is going to have a spot in this bullpen, so why wouldn't you give David Paulino a job? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. It's just that sense of, like, okay, it'd be weird. And then, as much as I'd love to see Johnny Axe or uh, Clip come back, it just seems silly to be blocking somebody like Paulino or you know, whoever it might be in the system currently to take that spot. Because in all reality, if you needed somebody to eat innings, I wouldn't even be shocked if Panone ends up as the lefty in the bullpen for a little while. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Rick Clayton Richard is an option for the bullpen as well if he doesn't get off to a good start as a starter, which I frankly would not be surprised if Clayton Richards gets hit around quite a bit to start the year. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, guys who are in the same kind of realm as a Thomas Pannone or a Trent Thornton or a Sam Gavilio, a Jacob Wagas pack, uh, even Hector Perez, who they also got in that trade with David Paulino, uh, that could start the year uh, out of the bullpen. But I think we'll see the majority of those guys I just went through. But as we segue toward our wonderful predictions here, the fact that that bullpen and the starting rotation is in such flux is part of the fun that we're having this spring. How is it going to shake out? You know, are Sanchez and Stroman really going to pick up and find form? You know, how's Baraki going to be after in his first full season in a Blue Jays uniform? All those kind of things are what is the wonderful conversation that we're going to start to see unfold here. Yeah. No. You know what? It's like it sucks that we have to say, "Hey, it's a rebuilding year," which it is. I think people know that, which is why people aren't. So enraged once they once Leaf fans knew that the Leafs were rebuilding, everybody kind of took a step back and, and calmed down and kind of understood the process. But there is an exciting element about seeing who can step up and grab a job in spring training, and that's what it's all going to be about this year. There could be some a lot of surprises on maybe some veterans who have been here for a few years who don't end up with a job right out of the gate. So that's exciting to me. I don't know. I think it should be exciting to a lot of Blue Jays fans. Yeah, and I don't think that should just be on the hardcore level where we're, you know, where we're doing podcasts and things like that all the time and talking Blue Jays baseball, 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 baseball. But the fans should be getting excited about this. Go to, go watch games. Go do this. Go do that. Talk with your friends. Who do you think is going to be the next guy, or who's going to be the tandem that's going to work well with Vlad in the middle of that lineup or something? Is it going to be Randall Grichik batting number three this year? That's going to all of a sudden just skyrocket. 
I honestly think That'd it could be. Nice. be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he showed the no, potential that would be last lovely. season, <laughs> but that's where these conversations should be. It should be just as much fun to speculate on what this team could be doing in 2020-21, you know, and see how things go. But it's fun. It's exciting. And it's going to be a – I've been making this joke for like a year now, but it's going to be a freaking Mad Max Thunderdome situation and <laughs> how they just beat the living hell out of each other for playing time. It's going to yeah, be hot hate. They all want to be able to prove to the front office that they can be here for the next four. I think we've we've hit that we we've we've struck that point a whole bunch throughout the entire offseason. This year is all about who's going to be here over the next three to four to five seasons with the next core of Vlad and Bo. So you're going to see guys like Brandon Drury and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Billy McKinney, Randall Gritchick, all of these guys who are kind of on the fringe and they want to know and start getting answers on these guys. They need to step up and secure jobs to be here long term. Yeah. So, and I, I think it's funny that we are, were talking about this part, and then we were talking about how Ken Giles actually might not be here for all of this. He went on the record today, or I think it might have been yesterday in the media, that he go, everybody's talking about how we're not going to win this year and stuff like that. And he's already going, you've seen the team we have, right, and how much talent we have? <laughs> he's saying the same things. He's almost like the... Um, the press guy, you know, just yelling out, you know, we got this, don't worry about it, you know, we're going to be just fine. But in all reality, if things do click, you never know, but it's one of those things that's an unknown, and that's why Blue Jays fans should be interested to find out what is going on. Yeah, and you know what? I just remembered one guy who could, who will be back uh, from injury at some point this year. They have David Phelps, too. We keep on forgetting that they signed David Phelps because he's going to be or he's going to start the year in the DL most likely, but Phelps is a very good little bullpen arm that uh, and potential starter that the Blue Jays have as well. So they may have a bit of an underrated bullpen or starting rotation, which is uh, kind of exciting as well. Yeah, I, first off, get out of my head because I'm literally looking at David Phelps' page right now, and I was ready to cue <laughs> that. So but as far as it goes, this is a guy that missed a whole season from Tommy John, and after what I was reading today, there is the actual – realistic chance of him breaking the team on opening day he's already throwing yeah. he's got bullpens in yeah he needs to see some live game and make sure his stuff's on par but this is a guy that was doing really good and actually has already pitched in the american league east that has been completely forgotten that he might be the unsung move of the offseason yeah i completely agree and he's going to be a nice bullpen arm and a potential starter as well i mean phelps has proven time and time again when uh, that he can get guys out at the major league level, and he was very valuable with the Yankees and the Marlins last few years. So I'm excited when he when he's back, and I would not be surprised if he has a strong spring and they feel that he is ready to go. Maybe he can beat out Clayton Richard for the sixth spot in the rotation. Yeah, there is that wonderful point as well, and and there's no reason he couldn't. I'd be the only reason I'd be worried about that is going having him go out and air it out after Tommy John. You know, maybe he starts the season in the bullpen, and you know, you kind of consistently stretch him out. Something like that, I wouldn't be, you know, objecting to. But maybe it's just because I know Brendan that we have the Sean Reed Foley's, the Tom Pennellans, and whatnot that are also just sitting there, and their arms are already lengthened out. Do you want to stress David Phelps, who we could actually? I think he's got an option for next season as well. Yeah, yeah, they do have him uh, under contract for next year as well. I believe it's a team option too, which is quite team-friendly, so Phelps will be here this year and next year. Yeah, So, but that, those are the kind of things that everybody should be getting excited about uh, for the spring training here. We're going to have more and more of this kind of stuff as the weeks go on here, but right now, this is where the fun is going to be. Pitchers and catchers are just starting. They're going to start throwing the ball and getting everything in, in sync here, and we're going to start seeing where this whole competition is leading with our new management and everything at this point. As far as predictions go, Brendan, let's talk some weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me uh, one of your uh, fun predictions here as far as things go for what how spring training could go, seeing we're on the outside looking in here literally by minutes at this point. Looking at the depth chart right now on um, from a position player standpoint, I don't think Lourdes Gurriel should be penciled in by any means as the opening day shortstop. I think that's going to be Freddie Galvis, just because they brought Galvis in because they're not sold on Lourdes Gurriel's glove defensively. Plus, we talked about it a bit last week in, in, in a few shows prior. 
they want Gurriel to be their version of Marvin Gonzalez or Ben Zobras. So I don't think they want Gurriel locked in at a position. He'll roam between second, maybe a little bit of outfield work, um, but primarily at third, short, second base, and maybe even a little bit of uh, first base too to spell Justin Smoke and to not have Kendrys Morales have to play first base. So my position player prediction is that Galvis will be the opening day shortstop. Guriel will be a floater. Maybe Galvis doesn't start on opening day just to allow Guriel to be in the uh, opening day roster and get his announcement in the starting lineup or whatever, but the majority of the reps will go to Freddie Galvis. And then my other one is that Clayton Richard, who everybody seems to have uh, penciled in as the fifth guy, isn't the fifth guy in the rotation. He'll start the season in the bullpen, and I don't want to see him as a starter. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you really feel about it, just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of Clayton Richard. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that acquisition. Uh, Matt Shoemaker, on the other hand, I think is going to be quite good. Yeah, and uh, I, I, Clayton Richard, it just strikes me as you, you threw him into the fire into the fire here with everybody else, and he's on the same level as all these other guys that are currently having higher ceilings than him. So you're kind of eating that spot just to not let Sean Reed Foley start the season in Toronto or something like that. And one of my fun predictions here that I'm going to bring up here, just added to the 40-man roster because the Blue Jays are so high on him prior to the Rule 5 draft, and somebody I actually had the pleasure of interviewing over the last season, Patrick Murphy, I think, is going to be one of the better pitchers this spring for the Toronto Blue Jays, and they're going to give him yeah. an extended look being on that 40-man roster. Yes, he's probably destined to start the season with Buffalo, but I don't see them holding him over in New Hampshire after winning the Florida State League uh, Pitcher of the Year award. He was clearly out of his element at that level, so you jump him a level and give him a challenge. He uh, clearly had all his pitches in his location working list last year after a just laundry list of terrible things that happened to derail his career, but it's similar to Ryan Brucky in my opinion, as far as career path went. They had some troubles with injuries, and then just all of a sudden it clicks, and boom, here you go. Yeah, uh, he's been on the, he's been on people's radars for a little while now. He's got uh, a really good arsenal and stuff, and can and, and can absolutely sling it. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up here at some point this year. Yeah, and like I said, I've had the pleasure of seeing him pitch a couple of times, and uh, one is his locations on key. His stuff is going to carry easy. The biggest thing is every once in a while he doesn't keep the ball down low, and that's where he needs to live to survive well. So, and I think. You know, having a good catcher and, you know, Luke Maley or Danny Jansen all spring because I really wouldn't be – I'd be shocked if he's, you know, not with one of those three main guys catching for spring training games. For, and just run in with it and see what happens. But And then I'm going to make my yearly <laughs> prediction here that yeah. Dalton Pompey actually finds a way to stick on this roster for a change. And, yes, I said that's I a yearly that. prediction. <laughs> yeah. You think he'll be here for the entire year? Is that your prediction? My prediction is that he's going to find a way to at least make his way onto the opening day roster. I don't know how I that's agree. going to happen, but he's going to find a chance to show this te- this management team what he actually finally has or not. Because he has there's, talent. I mean, there's, a, there's a reason he's been kept around by his team for so long. They could cut bait with him a few times already. Uh, and ship them off, uh, or just flat out got rid of them from the organization. So they they clearly see something in, in Dalton Pompey, uh, and, and I'm all here for it because it'd be great to see a Canadian finally take the take the job and, and run with it. You know what? When he was up here in 2015, I felt so bad for him because you could clearly tell in the outfield that he just looked overmatched and overwhelmed. So it'd be nice to see him established, more comfortable at the bigs, and he he could be. A quite a quite nice little piece who could end up being the center fielder uh, or right fielder when the uh, season at the season's end if one or two are shipped out. But the biggest thing is when I have seen him healthy, he does perform at a high level, and there's no nobody getting in his way. He's stealing bases. He plays a completely different game that everybody on the minor league levels that I've seen him play at between New Hampshire and Buffalo. And then just watching him just, you know, like these injuries that are just basically cutting him off at the knees, it just kills him. And he, he can't make up for it. And then the concussions and um, it, the, the mental side of his game has been well documented at this point. That he obviously he's had his difficulties and his struggles. 
I think he's finally healthy, and I'd love to just see him run in like he started to do there in the Canadian uh, Team World Baseball Classic. He was start that. Everybody forgets he started that uh, series off in that World Baseball Classic. He was one of the best players on that Canadian team, and then got hurt trying to steal second. Yeah, I remember watching that. I'm like, oh come on, you got to be kidding because he got off to such a good start, and he stole that base too, and then he got injured. Uh, I think it was, was a concussion. Yep. or something like that, which really derailed his 2017. Uh, and then last year was also a bit of a write-off with off-field issues and whatnot. So, yeah, it sucks because he really looked like he was starting to put things together, and he performed quite well at the WBC. I miss the WBC. I don't know. It's always subject to so much criticism, but it's awesome having competitive baseball in early March where you can cheer for your country. I agree with that statement when, about the World I Baseball know. Classic. <laughs> I would, I would, my my only gripe with the World Baseball Classic is they do it during spring training. Yeah, That's yeah, my only I agree. Gripe. I love the fact that they do it. I almost would rather see them do it like, you know, either a month before spring training somehow and just do it like like the Arizona Fall League or something. Just do it, you know, <laughs> or in inside places like at the Rogers Center and whatever. You know, I, it'd be a nice little break to the winter to have some baseball yeah. going on or or like or, we were talking about just do it something you gotta pick a different time or take a week off like the um hockey does something like that yeah for the olympics yeah i would i would be fine with that too or you know what a few weeks after the world series is done november would be a good time to have it too correct i wouldn't be open to that yeah I, it's just like the dalton pompey thing is exactly what my problem is about it with being spring training he could have ran in and been our outfielder that whole season and because we had nothing. <laughs> yeah. And it might have changed everything with Jose Bautista being on and off the disabled list and all the other stuff that was going on in 2017. So it, it might have been different. That's all I'm saying. You have somebody like him that you can plug in versus somebody that's five runs down on the depth chart. <laughs> but it is what it is. And like I said, I just hope he finally gets his chance to show his, you know, his, the team that has stuck with them. Yeah, it would be very, very nice. Oh, it looks like we have a little bit of breaking news now that I refresh my Twitter. John Heyman saying John Axford is close to a deal to return to his hometown Toronto Blue Jays. So it looks like the Axman is back. And breaking breaking news to all of you listeners on the Wednesday wallet. This is uh, kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, and in all reality, we, this show is not live, but it's it, it's posted to the internet like within five minutes after Brennan and I are done recording, just so you're all aware. Yeah. <laughs> There's something with the chemistry here that works. I don't have to worry about editing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, as far as it goes, that, that's, that's good news because I've been just worried that they're going to sit on their hands too much. At least if you sign Johnny Axe, I'm assuming it's probably another minor league deal with a spring invite. What do you got to lose? Yeah. At worst case scenario, yeah. he's teaching the David Paulinos and these guys in the spring good reasons and good things to do in the bullpen. I mean, what if Axford does exactly what he did this past year? He signed, he signed him. I'm sure they told him, it's like, hey, if you get, if you have a nice little year and teams come calling, we're going to trade you again and we'll get something. So I see no reason. If he wants to keep on coming back, even next year if he wants to pitch and does well, there's no reason they're like, they, they're, it's a win-win. Uh, and if he does well, they got a good back-end-ish arm out of the pen, and he could be flipped for something. Corey Copping seems like he could be a bullpen piece in the future. So, Yeah, and as far as it goes, Axe is fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. He's a character. Yeah, some of the, like... Um... Just the fact that he's got, got the you know the long mustache back in the day and all the long hair and everything it almost kind of reminds me of the uh, the Shark Tank days with Jason Grilly and whatnot with the Pirates. <laughs> 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 it's that era of pitcher and it, the, the Blue Jays don't have that guy like that in the bullpen and having somebody like that I just think is fun to have you know as much as I'd love to see Papa Cheese come back out and <laughs> start pitching for the Blue Jays again I don't think that's happening either. But good stuff. Got any other uh, odd projections for uh, spring training, my friend? Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an injury somewhere else around the major leagues because there always is, and the Blue Jays are a team that could provide uh, that team with a piece. And I say that in hopes that it's Kevin Pillar, but if they haven't pulled the uh, string on a Kevin Pillar trade by now, he's going to be here on opening day. 
But uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe a veteran that's hanging around that may or may not make the team get flipped uh, at the deadline to a different team or right before the season starts uh, to a team. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I think it'll be. I think there will be one young arm or two young arms that make people at the end of spring training really say they want to see them start the year with the team in the rotation of the bullpen. And I would not be surprised if that is Trent Thornton as one of them um, to be potentially the fifth guy. Uh, and maybe Jacob Walker's pack uh, out of the bullpen. Yeah, no, that's a very solid picks as far as things go. And those guys are going to carry well in the bullpen. <laughs> I'd love to see that happen. Um, as far as my weird predictions, I guess, uh, as far as who would be maybe the breakout guy this spring, I'm honestly in very intrigued with what Roddy Telez is going to show up and do this spring. Yeah, I, I just, hear you. I have a strange feeling that all that confidence, all the good things that happened with him in Toronto at the end of last season, other than him just telling me he needed a beer at the Buffalo Bisons thing, <laughs> 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 that he is just, it, there's something there now. You know, the spark's been lit, you know, and he wants it. And you can tell it. And I think he's going to do anything and everything he can to force the management's hand. The one roadblock in his way. Obviously, Justin Smoke isn't going anywhere unless that trade does happen. I don't see that being the spring training one that you were just alluding to. Maybe a trade deadline if that came to be. But um, how much longer are the Blue Jays going to sit with Kendris Morales when they've already shipped off all the other big contracts? That would be my I think question. Morales will be here all year. But you never know. If, if he hits well enough, a team in playoff contention will want him as their DH. Yeah. I was making the goof the other day on Twitter, and I don't know if you saw it or not. It said, hurry up, National League. Get your DH stuff together, because I want to trade you Kendris Morales. <laughs> Kendris would be a hot commodity if National uh, <laughs> League had the DH implement for 2019. It's a bylaw candidate, right? He had a decent exactly. season last year, but if you have, you're a minor, you're a decent National League team that's look has nothing that you can put into a DH role every day, or you don't want to play roulette with like six different guys giving him a day off in the field. Morales can do that job, and he's shown that he can do that job, no problem. Hey, as of now, my only jersey that I have of current players is Kendrick Morales, so I wouldn't mind for him to be here. So I can prolong getting a new jersey. Although I probably still will end up getting one before opening day. Yeah, as far as everything goes, I've uh, always had a problem buying current players just because of how Major League Baseball trades everybody around. I stick to my classics. Although I almost bought a Kelly Gruber jersey before spring training last year, and uh, after that one interview, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good thing that you did not do that. <laughs> it would have been that guy at the ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I'll just keep wearing my Molly jersey and my Devo. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the classic. You can't go wrong with that. Exactly. So, Although I might break out a Frank Manichino because I got one of those too. Oh, <laughs> uh, Frank Manichino. There's a name from was, like one of the first seasons I started watching Jay's baseball. Yeah. You know, the not the main shop, but that one they have outside the ballpark there. I was there at the end of the yeah. season. It was like fan appreciation week during the Angry Bird days. They had like an autograph session with everybody. Come take your pictures on the field with the players and whatnot. I met Frank Menachino. He was one of the coolest guys in the world to talk to. And I was talking with him, Casey Jansen, and a few other people. And then on the way out of the ballpark, I was like, I haven't been in the shop yet. I'm just going to wander in here, right? They had a game-worn Frank Menachino jersey for like 30 bucks. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to not buy this. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of those things that was like too good to be true, you know. So I just had to buy it. I just had a fun time with that one, so I had to tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. So breakout guy, before we wrap it up, man, who do you think is going to be your guy this spring? That is going to be the the one of the talks of the camp, man. Uh, Vlad Junior. <laughs> that's obvious. That, Come on. Is that too easy? <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I'm hoping Anthony Alford could tear the cover off the of baseball in spring just to make it a conversation uh, that he should be up here. Uh, but 
in terms of guys who are firmly entrenched to be in, on the big leagues uh, and on the 25-man roster after spring training, uh, I think you're on the same page as me here, but I'm going to go Randall Grichik. I think he, he figured it out. He settled in once he got off the disabled list, and he finished the season very, very strong. Uh, sure, he strikes out a lot. He doesn't walk too much, but and it, it, he could figure it all out this year. And it looked like he was starting to uh, towards the end of last year. So I'm, I'm pretty big on Randall Pritchett for, for 2019. Yeah, for the third year in a row, eclipses 20 home runs. And he did really the majority of that, like, after the trade deadline. I just felt like he was knocking him out like crazy after, you know, July 31st. So. Yeah, he absolutely was. And the thing that I love the most about him as far as that goes, that, other than the fact that he needs to grow his epic, you know, opening day hair back from last season. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he just crushes doubles all around that ballpark. 32 doubles, man, in just 124 games. Ah, that's awesome. I just love it. Power to the gaps, and he just shells yeah. it. Yeah. Didn't... He, I he... believe he finished in the top 10 in baseball in exit velocity, so he strokes the ball. He hits it hard. It's amazing how quick he gets to the ball with that, too, because a lot of those guys on the list around him have those long swings, you know. <laughs> so I remember looking at that list, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's like, you know, looking around the home run hitters back in the day. You know, it's like he's Paul Mahler in Ken Griffey world, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as how quick he gets to the ball and has that nice, smooth swing. So not that Griffey's wasn't, like, one of the prettiest of all time or anything, but... <laughs> Good stuff, but yeah, I agree with you that Grichik is going to be probably the shoe-in at this point for a dead center. It's going to be a nice tandem with him and Smokey in the middle of the lineup this year. Yeah, I'm also very, as we covered in the top uh, and the prospects earlier, I'm, I, I am pretty excited to see a full season of Billy McKinney as well. I think he could become a fan favorite rather quickly. And it's the, like you said, perfect analysis as far as Reed Johnson comparison goes there, man. I got to give you props for that one. Well, that hitter hits the ball everywhere, just in a little bit of power. I bet McKinney could probably steal between eight to ten bases, which Reed Johnson did. Everything seems to line up with Reed Johnson. And that's, uh, there was a few years there where Reed Johnson was uh, more than serviceable in left field. Yeah. And he had a couple of really nice Kevin Pilarish type wall climbs during that time too. Yeah, weren't the walls a little taller at that point, or are they? I can't recall. I feel like they were. Before. Yeah, I, I can't remember, but it was. Yeah, I just don't remember not... anybody back in the day doing what Kevin Pilar is doing. But maybe that's just because Kevin Pilar is Kevin Pilar. <laughs> at least on defense. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and maybe this is because he's Superman on defense. So I'll give you my breakout guy as far as who's entrenched on the roster already. And I think Danny Jansen is going to just be locked in this spring. He's, now he knows some of the pitchers. So he's going to be able to, you know, not not glance over that part of his game. But you know what I mean? It's just kind of he's already he's met everybody. It's not diving into it. And he already knows all the minor league guys. He's been catching them for years at this point. So getting to know Stroh and Sanchez and the other guys, the new guys. I think he's going to have time to focus on his offense, and the offense is already that good. So. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. It's uh, I, I do think Danny Jansen can solidify himself towards the end of the year as one of the better catchers in the entire American League. So, uh, and, and speaking of jerseys earlier, he will be the, the new jersey for me. I'm definitely going to get uh, Danny Jansen to start the year. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that one too. But I just with the cat the, the the catcher phenomenon that the Blue Jays have had, like you know, since ever, <laughs> I'm afraid to commit. <laughs> Trust issues. Trust yeah. issues with any prospect in this city. There's no doubt about that. Any sport too. Yeah, and being the guy that gets to watch him all the time, my my risk on Danny Jansen uh, not doing what he needs to be doing is on the low side. Like, I don't see him as a risk. I think he's going to be that good, and it's going to happen sooner rather than later that he's that good. So, excuse me. Um, but anyways, my friend, I think we've uh, hit the nail pretty good on the head here as far as things go. We don't want to give away too much here as far as spring training stuff goes. And for next week's yeah. Wednesday Wallop, we're going to talk a little bit Dunedin tourism with a special guest. And uh, obviously, Brendan and I will continue to hash through the 
top prospects as we get closer and closer to spring training games. Brendan, my friend, what do you got working? Uh, other than continuing to chip away at uh, the top 30 prospects list for Jay's Journal, which I uh, pawned one of those off on Sunday and then completely forgot to write one on Monday, uh, continuing to chip away at those. And then I put uh, a piece that we covered earlier on the show on David Paulino. So um, probably something next week not prospect-related uh, as some spring training quotes and photos start coming in. Maybe I'll put something fun together. We'll see. you get your light bulb sooner or later, right? <laughs> exactly. At this time of year, right before spring training starts, uh, and quotes are coming in, finding stuff to write about can be a little bit difficult. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be the ninth person to write about Matt Shoemaker today? <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Or why Bryce Harper's a good fit for the Blue Jays. Is that something that everybody writes about? Cowards. Or something like that? <laughs> So, but yeah, good deal, my friend. But um, so next Wednesday, like I said, we'll have a, you know, we'll jump right back into this and see. Hopefully, they'll have some other news to talk about along with all the other fun that we're going to have on the show. Um, otherwise, Brendan, anything to add? Or are you good? I think I'm good, my friend. I uh, I'm looking forward to uh, our next Wednesday wallop recording and uh, ahead of a few spring training games. Good deal, my friend. Also, Blue Jays fans, don't forget to hit those subscribe buttons all over the internet. Get us up on that iTunes rating. We actually were one of the more popular baseball ones last week. And as far as all the fun goes, also, it's almost live game season, everybody. I know it's just a few weeks away. We're going to try bringing one of those games live with me, Brendan, and, of course, there are some of the guys here to call the game for you. So if you're sick of listening to Pat and Tabby, especially in spring training mode, <laughs> you can more or less hit those mute buttons and join us. Um, we're still debating if we're going to do that on Facebook or Twitter or uh, whatnot to be able to do that live and talk to everybody. But we're going to make it fun and interactive so you guys can jump right in on that fun and don't forget to follow us up on any of those websites, even Instagram now, at birdwatchinggc. And also don't forget to hit up jbirdwatching.com for all the fun and home of the Jaybird Watching podcast. So thank you very much for listening. Brendan, have a, have a great evening, and thank you again, as always, for the Wednesday wallet. You feature, don't get snowed in over the next few days either. Yeah, or iced in in your guys' situation up there. Yeah, that's true too. No, and for all you listeners, if you're in Toronto, don't slip on your way to the subway in the morning. It's uh, quite slippery out there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, and uh, avoid all the other fun that's going on around the city too, as cars and everything are obviously always driving way too fast. And hopefully, spring will be coming that much more faster with all the Blue Jays reporting to spring training and kicking off spring games here in the very near future. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and uh, have a great evening. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.